Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective. I'm your host, Dallas. I'm Lex. And I'm Anne. You heard that right. <laughs> Big surprise of the episode. We now have another co-host. Dynamic trio. And take it away for a second. It's the Holy Trinity. It's finally here. <laughs> yes. And Tag yourself. Yeah. I'm the Holy Spirit. I'll leave to you other two. I was going to say, I'm Wonder Woman. You guys, you figure out who you are. <laughs> I was like, maybe my God complex is screaming a little too loud. You shouldn't leave that up to me. No, I like this trinity. Like, so you got to finish it. We've got Wonder Woman, the Holy Spirit, and who? Who's oh. the third? I don't even. I don't even know. I don't want to open that can of worms. <laughs> it's Wonder oh. Woman, the Holy Spirit, and Lexi. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That is. That's all we need. I am nobody but myself. <laughs> Sounds like a religion I can ascribe to. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone. Everyone joins. Send us money. Yes. Exactly. We've, We've already got a collection plate ready. <laughs> We'll just make a comics collective Venmo account. For oh, seven that's, the minutes. that's the collective part. Okay, that makes sense yep. now. Exactly. You Poor all thought that it was communism. Sense. It's not. <laughs> it's a Ponzi scheme. I would love to be a part of a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's I'm I'm here now and I will be here forever. You no. Know, exactly. Forever and ever. I've signed my soul away and You're never uh, allowed to leave. I We're live here now. <laughs> so it's I'm very excited. I'm so happy to be here. I get to talk comics every week now, which is so cool. And maybe I can actually like, you know, convince myself to buy an actual mic now. So that's on the to-do list. Perfect. Hey, just wait for Dallas to upgrade and then you get a free one. That's what happened with me. Not <laughs> everyone can survive just the, the podcast now. Not everyone can be on the Alexis gets Dallas's hand-me-downs train. That's my whole I life. Literally, this week, I literally was like, oh, man, Jason Aaron's omnibus for Thor's coming out. Uh, what should I do with the single issues I have when that comes out in, like, a year? I was like, I guess they'll go to Alexis. And then I felt, like, weirdly mad in the back of my head. Like, <laughs> I don't have to spend oh, any sure. money of the things. I just wait for Dallas to upgrade all of his things, and I get the normal level of all of them. <laughs> That's such a good plan. I it wish is. I... I wish I had someone to give me free stuff. Yeah. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> Maybe you can send those ones to Anne. I will, I will allow it. To everyone listening, here's my address. Um... <laughs> no, there's a YouTuber that I like that he literally, he did like a mailbag episode once. And then enough people were like, oh man, I'd love to be on one of those. That just kind of like his whole show now is him opening presents every week from people. <gasps> and I was like, how the hell how do I get I on do that? This? How does that my full-time job? Or have you seen the YouTuber that, well, it's a child. They're literally like four years old that companies send him toys to play with for an episode. Oh. And he just plays with them and opens them and he gets paid. <laughs> I was like, what? I think Marvel it would be equally well, charming to see me, a full grown man, opening toys and playing with figures. them. <laughs> I just want them to send me comics. Marvel, send me free stuff. Yes, we are... We are so open to getting free stuff. Remember how we, we wanted our from our very first episode with Anne, how we said we wanted to be comic book sugar, sugar babies. We're bringing yes. it back. That's Bring our tagline. We're going to make it happen. Yes. Oh. Marvel, I will stop Marvel. shit talking Rob Liefeld if you send me free stuff. <laughs> we will keep our mouths shut. 
Notice we didn't extend the same thing to DC. We're, oh. we've... DC, I'm on your shit still. Yeah. I'm on Send your shit. Bring it on. Until Send us Andy free stuff, we'll happens. still. Ugh. But it'll be a four-issue limited, and it'll be written by Rob Liefeld. Oh, fuck you. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I quit right, the show that, already. That was Anne's tenure on the comic store. <laughs> How many how many times do you get a job and the first thing you say to the person you brought you on is fuck you? <laughs> not enough. Not enough. Not, not we nearly. just had this conversation. We need to be saying it more, Anne. Exactly. The world would be a better place. True. Oh, man. All There's right, our Anne. first rabbit hole of the day. Perfect. It's beautiful. <laughs> Love it. All right. And so let's assume that this is a bit mm-hmm. of a jumping on point for people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's introduce you let's let's all kind of introduce ourselves and maybe introduce the concept of the show a little bit here at the front because okay. i have this this inkling in the back of my head that we might There's be picking be up some new people. some new people we kind of have a celebrity now we get it oh is that is that what i am now yes Vin diesel oh, has joined so the pressure. show <laughs> oh, don't make me shave my head <laughs> and um, diesel it's all about family okay oh. so um to everyone joining us for the first time, I'm Anne from Anne Talks Comics on Twitter. I guess it's Carol Anne Talks Comics for right now because I'm just so happy and proud of my new name. So, so great. Thank you. And yeah, this this is the place where I come now to talk all the comics, all the long nerdy rants I want. No character limit at all. I really appreciate that about podcasts. <laughs> and um, yeah, this that that's that's me. I like comics. I like talking about them and i feel like i'm repeating myself <laughs> superheroes are cool um yeah that's that's about it i'm glad everyone's here and I'll, i'm gonna pass it off to dallas i love it um if anybody isn't hasn't interacted with ann before and you're on the show she's wonderful i think you're really cool. in for a treat thank you um for anyone new to the show i am dallas i I, too, enjoy comic books. I feel like my place in life is to simultaneously have the most basic taste in superheroes that anyone (laughs) could ever have and then just have, like, these niche interests that no one else wants to talk about, you know? So I'm like, my favorite superheroes are Spider-Man and Batman and He-Man. We're here to talk about Skeletor, and people are like, why are you the way you are? Why do you like talk about She-Ra? That's all that matters. I started watching She-Ra, and literally one episode in, I was like, why is this show about Anne? Like, why is she the protagonist? <laughs> okay, okay, but for, but for real, that show is legitimately my favorite. I love that so much. I they love can... it. It's so I'm good. Like, I watched episode one last night. <laughs> I was watching that show. I'm like, this is gender. This is my gender. This is <laughs> yes. what the show is. She-Ra. Exactly. Pronouns are She-Ra. <laughs> the best thing i think i have ever heard if anybody ever asks me that ever again that's gonna be my answer oh my gosh I well i can't it. believe i peaked so early <laughs> just end the episode right there who cares oh, about see, what we read this is your comeback you left the show and then you came back with the greatest comeback anyone's ever felt oh my gosh it's like rick remender coming back to marvel comics how many times has that guy quit by now i don't know He'll never finish a series. 
All right, Alexis, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Of course I do. Okay, my name is Alexis. I am Dallas's younger sister. I am the one that harasses everyone on this podcast. That's what I'm here for. It's my job description. You are the antagonist for sure. I am. I we am. have She-Ra, we have Cackling <laughs> Skeletor, and then we have Alexis. <laughs> That's actually the Holy Trinity. Yeah, right there. It's true. It's great. That's what I'm here for. It's always a good time. And I also kind of started sometimes don't read the books, but. (laughs) (laughs) The worst. The worst. Did you get this one read? I did. Okay. (laughs) I woke up at eight o'clock this morning. Okay. But low key, me too. (laughs) I read through half of this this morning just to refresh. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I can do this. I can do this. I just need to stop tweeting about it. (laughs) That's a mood. Yeah. That's your tooth problem. I just have the attention span of a squirrel. You two just tweet about it. I just <clears throat> am a deep narcissist that assumes everyone needs to know all of my thoughts at all times. Yeah. Okay, but don't read me like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to watch both of you reading this, like, right there at the end. I could see Alexis on my comicsology like, halfway through volume one this morning, and I was like, oof, gonna be a morning for her. <laughs> I did wake I'm, up early. I'm so glad someone else does that. I kind of do that, too. If I tell someone to read someone something and I give them my comicsology, I just kind of watch. as oh, they read He's the, the book. worst. And he loves to go and find out what my book club is every time. But it's not going to make me go buy my own. So it's fine. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to mooch off of my services, you have to deal with me being curious about what <laughs> you're reading. part of it. Oh, boy. All right. So this is basically the dynamic, everybody. If you're here nine minutes in, you're like, this is acceptable. I mean, welcome to the show. Every week is something kind of like this. If this isn't your thing, I get it. It's not really mine either. That's why I don't listen to this show. But you should stick around anyway, because maybe we can make it your thing. Exactly. And so... We grow on you like a rash. Yeah, it's Stockholm Syndrome. That's what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. We... So every week on this show... The three of us are going to come together and we discuss a trade paperback, a graphic novel, a run of comics, something a little bit larger than a single issue. And for about an hour, we will talk about it. And we love to answer any listener questions or comments. If you email us in, that's like my personal favorite part of the show. They are so fun. Mm -hmm. You guys are so smart. Can't relate. Yeah, Yeah, I think basically all three of us felt the need to have an outlet to hear our own voices, stroke our ego, and talk about comic books. And so this week, for her inaugural episode as co-host of the show, Anne had the pick. Do you want to introduce the book, Anne? Yes, I do. So for the inaugural episode, I felt like there was nothing more fitting than something we've been talking about for a little bit now, and that's reading Kelly Thompson's Captain Marvel run. And oh my gosh, I have been waiting for this for so long. (laughs) Oh, this this is my favorite captain marvel run of all time like everyone talks about like you know kelly sue DeCox run and it's iconic and i love that too but for my money this is just the run to be i think this is going to go down as the seminal captain marvel run at least until i get a shot at the character but that's a story for another time hell yeah and um yeah this is just it's it's fun the it's fun from start to finish it's a series that really lets carol flex her very large muscles and i appreciate that you know um you love it (laughs) As a gay woman, I really appreciate the muscles. Um, We'd love to see it. <laughs> and, yeah, it's just cool to see her in these really unique situations that she's never been in before. You know, 
her versus the entire Avengers is something that's incredible. It's like something you, you talk about on internet forums and actually get to see on the page, which is really cool. Her and Stephen Strange just swapping bodies. <clears throat> and you see stuff like that the whole run. I mean, we're only going to talk about the first um, three volumes, the first three arcs, like the first 3.5 arcs, because the, the War of the Realms was like two issues. So if you want to count mm-hmm. that, you can. But yeah, it's just I'm so excited. <laughs> it's so good. Like I've always been a fan of the character of Captain Marvel mm-hmm. sort of in the background. When she's mm-hmm. shown up in things, I've been like, oh, she's great. I'll get to that eventually. And then reading this run, I mean, I'm a mark for Kelly Thompson. Just yesterday, oh, yeah. I accidentally called her Smelly Thompson, and she saw it on the internet. So, Oh, no, she did. She did, because Glenn, Glenn tagged her. <laughs> And so she came in, she's like, it's okay. I've literally signed my name on work emails as Smelly Thompson. And I was like... How dare you? I was like, my oh life my is over. You just crawl in a hole and, and die. I was like, oh, great. My favorite comic book writer <laughs> saw me in my shame. <laughs> anyway, Smelly All... Thompson, come on the show. We'd love to have you. We'd love yeah, smell... you. Smelly Don't Thompson. Don't mistakes. Reflect the rest of us. I have read so many of your comics, Smelly, and I think you're wonderful. <laughs> And she writes a Carol Danvers Mm -hmm. that is a contender for my favorite superhero ever. Like, it felt like Superman with Mm -hmm. the signature Kelly Thompson sassy, snarky comedy. Mm -hmm. And it was just fun. And it was a Superman that was deeply human Mm -hmm. in a way that I think a lot of people miss by making Clark Kent so mythic. You know, I was like, Carol Danvers is the people's Superman. And it was wonderful. And I I was a huge fan, just right off the bat, of this Captain Marvel run. And I'm definitely going to read up to present so I can be reading and ranting month to month. <laughs> what do you think, Lex? I loved it. I will say, so a little bit of backstory with my knowledge of Captain Marvel. When I was in middle school and Dallas was in high school, he would take me every once in a while. Sometimes I wasn't invited, but he would have this thing called Comic Wednesdays where he would go to the comic book shop in our in our town and he would just pick up a bunch of comics. And I remember the very first time I was invited, he brought he bought me one issue of I don't even remember like the who wrote it but one issue of Captain Marvel and that was my very first comic book that I ever had that was mine and I loved it I thought she was so cool I thought she was the best like female superhero I've ever seen and then when my knowledge grew of her I realized that she's just the best superhero period so oh you'd love to hear it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's the best and no one can change my mind and so reading this run was so fun and I loved it and I love how sassy and snarky it was the whole time it just made my day so and you're you're a huge mm-hmm. Captain Marvel fan just, you know a little what bit. what has this run been like for you being a longtime fan of the character you know this run um <clears throat> I was nervous going into the into this run because I was a big Captain Marvel fan, but I was, I think I was really struggling for a little bit when this came out because this landed in 2019. And before this, we'd just come off of civil war two. We'd just come off of um, a bunch of just her jumping around to different tie-ins. 
this to be honest, the series before this, the the Mighty Captain Marvel was never really my favorite. There wasn't a lot in there that I particularly remember very fondly or remember at all, to be honest. And um, I was just hoping for something really special. And there was a mini series that leads into this one, The Life of Captain Marvel, which is really, really good. I think it's by Margaret Stoll because it's not by Thompson, but it was really, really good. And I'm like, this is my favorite Captain Marvel story I've read in the last, you know, four years. And this is this is great. I hope whatever comes next, you know, can live up to that. And I just remember reading the first issue. And I'm like, okay, okay. I think we might have something special here. And I remember just loving the way that Kelly wrote Carol. Because <clears throat> Carol's this character who's, you know, very snarky, very, um, and she, she comes off as very arrogant, but she's been through so much in her life. There's a panel I actually posted earlier from the end of the first arc here where Hazmat describes Carol as just the person with the absolute worst luck in the history of luck, but someone who's still a hero anyway, and it's almost annoying because it, it really kind of is. You look at everything Carol's been through, and I, I've recently gone through her entire history. I started back in December with Miss Marvel number one, and I read through all of her solo series up until, you know, this current one, and she just gets hit over and over again. First, you know, the awful Avengers 200 happened to her, and then she got her powers soaked soaked up by Rogue. <clears throat> and then she went through this period of time where she was struggling with depression and alcoholism. She was kicked off the Avengers, and she had to build her way back up. And she went through this whole journey of self-discovery, self-acceptance, and she had to learn how to, you know, to believe in herself again, to believe that she is worthy of being a hero. And that's her whole arc that led her to taking the, the name Captain Marvel. And it's just... To see her finally be here and to see not only, you know, the confidence there, but still the underlying, like, there's, you can tell that she's been through a lot and there's still this underlying level of, am I worthy? Am I still able to do this underneath? And just, you know, putting her against Rogue in the first um, arc, having her pick up the bottle again in the second arc, you see these, like, moments from her past come back to test her and to try to, like, push her. But the fact that she overcomes all of it is just a testament to how far she's come and a testament, I think, to how well Kelly Thompson understands the character and where she is now. And there's things, you know, set up, especially in like the War of the Realms arc, where we see, we, we see her with Steven for the first time and see her try to deal with magic that's going to tie into stuff that happens later. And I think this is just such a good run for exploring what makes her a hero and what makes her a character that people should care about and root for. And I think I think that's what makes it special. I would agree. I think it's so clear that Kelly Thompson loves this character mm -hmm. and loves, I think loves is the right word rather than like reveres because mm -hmm. this Carol has to go through things. Yep. But, and it, there are so many callbacks. Again, I have a limited understanding of Captain Marvel in comparison to Anne, but again, like seeing Rogue, seeing alcohol, seeing, um, just feeling like she's not measuring up among the Avengers across these three arcs demonstrates that Kelly Thompson understands what it is that makes Carol Danvers human and feel vulnerable. And this, these three arcs have been about her overcoming and being triumphant over these things that have been hard for her for so long. And that's such a satisfying story to be a part of, even as someone that hasn't read from Miss Marvel number one, but, but is aware of what happened with Rogue. It's a beautiful moment to see that somewhat resolved. And I just, I love Carol Danvers and I love these 
these three arcs so much. Uh, Alexis, do you have anything specific that you enjoyed about the writing or characterization of Ca Captain Marvel here? I feel like I really liked seeing the little bits of her vulnerability. I know that um, she's portrayed as such a big, bad, strong character, which she is 100%. But I loved being able to see her act and kind of let herself be human a little, a little bit too when like her fear of when she was put up against rogue again or her having to deal with um during the second arc of being having her powers basically taken from her twice more than once it happened more than once throughout the span of what we read and it's just interesting to see how her as a person she doesn't let those moments define her she just keeps pushing through it and she keeps trying her best which I think is really awesome and I feel like it's another testament to her character as a whole is that she just won't give up to everything that she is put up against even if it means kind of making herself weaker or taking away from her powers and I feel like that doesn't ever stop her which I like a lot yeah and to go off that a little bit there's a lot of that that I feel like the difference between Captain Marvel as a character and the difference between Miss Marvel's character, both are Carol Danvers, but I think the the difference is that Captain Marvel is at this place where Carol understands like things are gonna be hard, but she's able to push through it. Cause there are moments when she's, you know, when she's Miss Marvel or when she's Warbird, where she just hard things happen and instead of pushing through it, she just kind of succumbs to almost the self-misery. Yeah. She, she uses um, things to help her out. She uses um, alcohol as a coping mechanism, which isn't healthy. She um, <clears throat> she pushes herself too far without um, realizing that she's working for the wrong things. Like in a, um, the Miss Marvel run in 2005, her whole thing there was she's like, I remember in House of M, I was like Captain Marvel. I was this great hero. I want to be that again. And that whole run is about her realizing, like, I don't need to force myself to be this great hero because I already am. And then seeing, like, you go each one of these arcs um, kind of deals with a trauma from her past. Like, the first one we see her dealing with Rogue, and she has to let Rogue take her, she has to let Rogue take her over, essentially. And that was, you know, the first thing that sent her on this very long journey of darkness. And to see her have to do that is really, really interesting, really hard. And then the second one is just her losing her powers, which is something that led it to straight to her alcoholism in the 90s. And then the third arc is seeing her having to fight the Avengers, which is something she also struggled with in the 90s because the Avengers basically, they, you know, they kicked her out because of her alcoholism. And that was just, they've been the people that helped her get over that. And they were poor. They were, you know, they've always been there for her. So to see like her having to deal with, all of these things in such a short span because it's you know bam 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 things just don't get any easier for her doing these arcs it's just it reading it with the level of experience and like the history behind her it i think it hits a little different but it's it's just really cool to see yeah i think there's a depth of story and character present in this run that's really satisfying i think one of my favorite recurring themes throughout the run has been care people trying to take away carol's autonomy and make mm -hmm. her small and to me like as somebody that 
has became largely familiar. I knew the character, but Carol Danvers has been a bigger part of my life since the film came out. Mm-hmm. And every day there seems to be somebody like shitting on Carol Danvers in some mm-hmm. corner of the internet. <laughs> and so, I mean, to have that personified in the radioactive dude at the in the first arc mm-hmm. as like this this misogynistic d-bag but then even just time and time again it seems like carol's getting her powers sapped away carol's being put into a suit that controls her and every arc she has to break free from that mm-hmm. and you can see her growing more and more confident as she goes i would say and that's really fun and really special I think another huge strength of this arc and a huge help to Carol during these all these trials is mm. her her wonderful supporting cast in mm. this in this run. Like I tweeted the other day that I'm on a really big the supporting cast is the most important part of a comic book <laughs> kick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean Dallas Taylor, famous defender of obscure stupid characters from Spider-Man's subplots. Um, Betty Brant is the most important character in Marvel Comics, but <laughs> alongside J. Jonah Jameson. But like this supporting cast on Captain Marvel is my favorite coming out in a comic right now. And there are some good ones, but like between She Hulk, Spider Woman, Hazmat, uh, little mm-hmm. appearances from Miss Marvel, who can't wait till we do a Kamala Khan episode. I <laughs> love. Miss Marvel. Um, it's just fun. I feel like I'm being introduced to new characters all the time, and then I'm being immediately endeared to them as my friends along with yeah. Carol's friends. I think that's something that Kelly Thompson does a lot that I really enjoy, is she brings in like every aspect of a character's like history, their, their family, their relationships. She's like, I'm going to write this character. I'm going to write every part of them. And she doesn't leave anyone really on the sidelines. The fact that she brought Hazmat back in as someone who's been such a big fan of the Avengers Academy for the last few years now, and just hoping that this character, Hazmat, unironically, is one of my favorite Marvel characters of all time. I think there's so much untapped potential in this single character, and she hasn't gotten the moment to shine that she really deserves. That, you know, to see her in any way, shape, or form, just, just to prove that she hasn't been forgotten means the world to me. And to see, you know, to see Spectrum show up is so nice. To see Jessica Jones, even for a minute, just because their relationship is so important, means the world. And the way that she uses Jessica, you know, everyone who follows me knows very well what I think Jessica and Carol should be. But the fact They're that... They're girlfriends. Exactly. They <laughs> literally made the joke, issue one, of her being her girlfriend, her friend from Canada, which, exactly. like, is shorthand in film mm-hmm. for this character is gay. They have... <laughs> I remember a partner in Canada. Don't be shy, like, just say it. <laughs> when um Spider Woman was pregnant and they made a joke in the thing that the number one fan theory was that the Carol was the father. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that would be great. Let's run with that. Cowards, oh. but <laughs> it's just they're so good. Their dynamic has always just been so perfect. And getting a little callback to um Jessica catching her in the second arc, which is how they first met, was really nice and Every time they're together, it's just you can see why people want these two characters together because they just they they match together like peanut butter and jelly. They're perfect for each other. They really are. Like 
I am a huge proponent for superheroes having significant mm -hmm. others. Like, it makes me so sad that the goal of the late 1990s and early 2000s was to break up every single couple in comic books. But, like, <laughs> I want them to be a couple. I, like, if I could have one, I honestly least. think I would... I would give up Peter Parker and Mary Jane being together if I could have Ooh. Jessica and Carol being together. That's a high sacrifice. And don't that tell is. anyone, but I do it too. Especially you, Dallas. I would do it. They're just so good. And it makes so much sense. I need it. I need it. <laughs> oh. What about you, Alexis? <laughs> What'd you think? I I loved it. I I feel like I kind of want to talk about how frustrated I was with freaking, oh, what is his, why did I just, why do I want to call him Adam, man? I know that's not right. The, Captain Nuclear Pants. Yes. <laughs> Russian, oh, nuclear, man. Russian Nuclear Pimp. Yes. Russian Nuclear Pimp. I was going to say, I feel like I wanted to call him one of his nicknames that's not actually his name because they called him so many different things that I'm like, I don't even remember his real name at this point. But he was such an ass. <laughs> It made it so hard to read. I was like, why are we reading this? I hate this. He's like the character that you know, like people, if they read it, they would have gotten online. It's like, oh, look at how they're making this guy out to be. Look at how bad they're making men look. I'm yeah. like, you're the reason why this character exists. Like, yeah. This is you in a comic. This is you, and you're upset because this is you, and you know it's you. You don't like being called out. Mm -hmm. I feel like this first, the first arc was kind of to weed out all of the well, not all men, people, <laughs> from reading the run. I feel like Kelly Tom's like, I don't want to deal with them, so I'm gonna, you. I'm gonna cut them out right at the beginning, like a tumor. It's like not to go back to like the first show I did with you guys, but think about how the first, you know, Jeff Johns Aquaman really touched on like, oh, Aquaman's a joke in the public eye, so I'm gonna make that a theme of this first mm -hmm. arc. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Kelly Thompson's like, well, the we have these really toxic men who just hate Carol because she's carol and we're gonna yes. address that in this first arc too so i like the the level of self-awareness that these writers have and the way they incorporate it into their their runs i just think that's really cool mm -hmm. well, i mean working with that though like i thought it was so interesting the characterization of the villain being like he he both hated carol but like held her as an object for his sexual affection yep you know? Yeah, when like, he said that he wanted to have kids, the little guttural sound that came out of my body, I don't even know what happened. I was like, ooh, ooh, uh-uh. But, like, that's that's the reality with so many of these... I mean, we call them incels to make them feel bad, but it's true. Like, there's, To make them feel bad. <laughs> there's yes. frustration tied up in these people not being grown up or mature enough to explore their feelings towards mm -hmm. powerful women. Yeah, right? and there's... um. It's because, you know, you go back in time and there wasn't, back when Carol was Miss Marvel, there wasn't this discourse about her being arrogant or overconfident or her being, you know, snarky because she was all those things. She's always been all these things. But the difference between now and then is artists can't draw her with her butt out anymore. So mm -hmm. when people talk about like how they don't like her personality, it's really hard for me to take that seriously when... <laughs> Pretty objectively, her personality has never not been this. Yeah. And it's it goes back to what you said. He's like, he talks about how much like she disgusts him and how much he hates her, but he holds her to be this like great sexual object. And I think that's pretty obvious commentary on how she used to be perceived by people, but how she is now. And that 
complicated relationship where it's like people like Carol Danvers, but only when they can see her as just the object. And I think when you, you know, you make her Captain Marvel, you make her this really powerful and vulnerable person. I think it makes it harder for people to do that. So I think it's, you know, commentary on the state of fandom in that way. Yeah. And it's, it's just frustrating to look around and I'm not, men have sucked for a long time. <laughs> it just, At least you're it, aware. <laughs> it sucks sometimes to have such a direct line into seeing that sucking all the time, you know, mm-hmm. with the internet being how it is. Mm-hmm. It just, it's frustrating being a man and seeing all of these man babies hate women because they can't objectify and harm women in the way that they want mm-hmm. to. And to see that applauded in any sort of way of like, I just, it's hard. And it was an interesting choice to make that the antagonist of this first mm-hmm. arc to say like, you are part of the problem. If you constantly catch yourself <laughs> the quartering being like, well, I don't hate women. I just hate that woman, <clears throat> this woman. I hate how this was portrayed. If mm-hmm. this woman would behave in a way that, sexually titillates me then Mm. i'll be okay with it yeah that's always that's always the thing expecting the woman to behave in a certain way yeah it's it's always just it's so telling but i another reason why i like that you brought that up that it's like you know show people right away exactly what this book is i think when fans act like that it's really hard for certain groups to get into comics because they see the community and they see you know, toxic behavior like that. And they're like, why on God's green earth would I ever get involved with this stuff? I think to have a comic that, you know, portrays that sort of toxicity as the bad guy from the get-go is a good sign. It's like, hey, you can like this comic. We understand that this is bullshit. This is a safe place for you to just, you know, read and enjoy and stay. So I think it's important that they address stuff like that. And I hope it's been made abundantly clear the last five, ten minutes that... This podcast, too, is a place where you can spend time if you're frustrated with all of those things. Like, I don't think that you're going to bump into any of the three of us being that kind of toxic, you know? It's it's discouraging for me to have so many things that I love so much be co-opted by mm-hmm. groups of people that are so hard to be around, exactly. you know? I'm like, I love Star Wars more than just about anything in the world, and I mm-hmm. never want to talk about it ever. Yep. Ever. That's you know, and it's just that's sad. It's mm-hmm. sad that like the one thing that I'm allowed that I can talk about is Lord of the Rings because they're all just a bunch of hippie elves out in the woods. <laughs> like, like, what you gonna do? Grow a mushroom at me? Like, come on. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. That's this valid. this comic book was really fun, and you can tell anybody that's actually reading this comic is a pretty fun person to be around. Yeah, that's how you can tell a good friend. They're holding this book. We like them. (laughs) I also, I wanted to touch on, I don't know if anyone knows, but I recently moved to New York City. Um, He's made his personality trait. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I brought this up, but (laughs) I loved in the first issue to, or the first arc, how everything took place on Roosevelt Island. Mm -hmm. My my wife recently drug me out to Roosevelt Island and it was just, it's fun. I like when superhero comics feel somewhat grounded in... Mm -hmm our world yeah you're like oh i was just there yeah so like i saw her holding up the 
the Roosevelt tram and I was uh, the Roosevelt Island tram and I was like I've ridden on that and how cool would that be to have like Captain Marvel holding me up in the air you know so there's oh, a, think, a peek into Dallas all like, the time <laughs> <laughs> that's really why I invited Anne to the podcast because she and I are on the same wavelength exactly with a lot of things <laughs> it's a little scary sometimes oh I just this this comic for me very much felt like the original promise of Marvel Comics that it's mm-hmm. the world outside your window. And I think that the moments that Carol is in New York City are always really fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um I have I mean I've been hearing about this book for a long time and I'm actually curious your thoughts on this Anne. I've heard some people complain that it feels like Carol keeps getting shipped off to a different problem every arc. Like she's always in like an alternate uh-huh. world or alternate universe fighting something. Um, do you feel like that's a strength of the book? Sort of like a Grant Morrison JLA where it's just there's always something going on? Well, or, or what do you think? It's it's weird because I've heard that complaint before. <clears throat> I don't necessarily agree because there's an arc that comes later where she definitely is put into this dystopian sort of future. But people equate that to the being the same thing as the first arc. But like you said, the first arc takes place on Roosevelt Island. And yeah, it's like kind of messed up, but it happens on earth. It's not this alternate reality. Time moves a little differently there, but it's still very much in your backyard. And it's not like they're fighting for the future or anything like that. They're just fighting to get out of this prison that's been set up for them. And then you see like the second arc happens, you know, more, a bit of the War of the Realms, so she's still on Earth. She's still around, but just jumping around from place to place. Third arc, where she's battling Star, it's just it's her in New York City again. And the fourth arc, I looking at it, I'm looking, I'm looking at every book here forth, here forward. I don't really see it. I see a a trend where she accidentally gets pulled into a couple of crossovers, mm. but even that only happens twice. And the the Empire arc actually plays pretty well. Like, the War of the Realms feels like a complete pit stop from what happens before and after. Mm-hmm. But War of the Realms actually ties pretty well into what was coming before and what comes after. So, I think I hear what they're saying. And, you know, maybe enough dystopia environments, but I don't necessarily agree. I mean, it'd be kind of hard not to write about dystopia living through the last couple of years, <laughs> if we're being fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't know. I I think it's fun. I think it feels to me like Morrison's time on JLA, where every arc has a distinct and larger-than-life issue, and Mm -hmm. we get to see our character triumph over it. So for me, it's just been fun and exciting. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that, Lex? Oh, I'm sorry, Anne. Oh, no, but Lex, go for it. I was just going to say, I feel like it keeps everyone entertained, too. I mean, for me personally, I feel like it just, I, there was so many things going that I just wanted to know how it all went. Like, I'd never felt when I was reading it personally that they, she was just getting, like, shipped off to and from, you know? I felt like it was just like, oh, we need her here. We need her to help us. And I kind of feel like it was kind of a like a, a good thing. I don't know. I don't know if that's weird. I liked it. <laughs> I was like, they, they recognize that they um, 
need a little bit of assistance from the the cool the cool cats here. You know, I will say this. <clears throat> this is the first Captain Marvel arc since I think she's the first Captain Marvel run since she's been Captain Marvel where it actually feels like there's solid sections, like solid arcs that you can actually like pick up and just like, oh, this is the last Avenger arc or oh, this is the Rising Star arc. Yeah. And just read that from start to finish because you read stuff like the Kelly Sue DeConnick run, which was plagued by um, a lot of editorial decisions that kind of broke things up in weird ways where some things just end without being resolved. Um, arcs could last five issues or two. And it just kind of told one overarching story with random things happening. But this actually feels like it's broken into different pieces. And I actually appreciate that happening in a Captain Marvel arc and a Captain Marvel run because I don't think that's something we've seen before. So... I will I will say that that was definitely a change that was very appreciated. Yeah, I I can second that. I feel like there's a trend in modern superhero comics to look at things as a run instead of as a series of arcs. And so you can get... I will not complain about Nick Spencer Spider-Man. I will not complain about Nick Spencer Spider-Man. <laughs> I will not complain about Nick Spencer Spider-Man. Um, but you get some unnamed titles that you don't know what I'm talking about where you can go months without seeing a thread come back up mm -hmm. and then it'll come back up. And there's sort of this expectation that you have an encyclopedic knowledge of what happened six months ago to see what's going on, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's fun in Captain Marvel, like you said, and to pick up the last Avenger arc and be like, problem is introduced. Solution is introduced. Mm -hmm. Solution is ex executed. There's so much fun along the way, you know? Exactly. And then encapsulate that and move on to the next thing. So I, it's just, it's good old superhero comics. Like, exactly. I don't know what more people could want. This is the most fun superhero comic <laughs> coming out right now. Like, if you just want some, some gosh comics, good old superhero, this is it. It's right here. Yeah, it's not like, um, it's not groundbreaking. It's not like genre defining or character, def like character reinventing, like something like the Immortal Hulk or like what Daredevil's doing right now. But it's it's just so refreshing just to see her, you know, be Captain Marvel. You don't need to reinvent the the wheel, you know. Just just show her doing what she does and having really cool adventures, and that's what this does really really well. And it's it's nice. I I feel like it's almost an insult to call something simple, but sometimes it really really works. And I think that's what makes this series really really work. And splitting it up into different arcs also gives it a lot of different good jumping on points. Like you don't have to start this run at the very at the very start. You could start with any volume, and I think you'd be okay. Yeah, which makes it fun and accessible, mm -hmm. and I think that's how comics should be. I I was so lucky to start comics during the New Fifty Two and Marvel Now mm -hmm. era, where if I wanted to read a book, all I had to do was wait six issues, and then I could hop on. Yeah. And sometimes I look at these poor people that asked me like, oh, where should I start with this? And I was like, well, like three years ago, number one came out and you could probably start there. Mm -hmm. You know, it just, it feels discouraged. It would feel discouraging to me. So I like that Captain Marvel is, is just a, a superhero comic that is fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's for the soul. It's for the soul. It's good for the soul. Awesome. <clears throat> It'll make you smile. If you read this book and hazmat doesn't make you laugh, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> She's so was, good. She's so right? good. I remember I was first introduced to the character by you posting a picture of her. And I was like, I don't know who that is, but she looks cool. Right? And then like finally getting to read Hazmat, I was like, 
I somewhat know who this is, and she's pretty cool. And, you know, I think another reason, bringing her into a Captain Marvel book makes a lot of sense, because like Carol, she has had some of the worst history in the long, in the history of histories. It's just, she accidentally, when her powers manifested, she pulled a rogue and put her boyfriend into the hospital. Her second boyfriend was murdered by Arcade in Murder World, which, you know, that sucks. And she's, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, and she has these powers that she just can't control, and it's she's finally starting to get a hang on them. And I think that's why Carol that makes Carol the perfect mentor. She understands this girl's been through a lot, and she has a lot of potential. She just needs to, you know, get to a point where she understands that and she believes in herself. So, I think that was inspired. I would agree. Um. I want to talk about the last Avenger arc. Mm -hmm. Or do we feel like we can spend the remainder of our time a little bit talking about the last Avenger arc? Or do we have more stuff from the first two we want to talk about? I think we can definitely do the last Avenger arc. Yeah, I feel like too. I I feel like that's the the standout from the whole run because that got a lot of people talking. (laughs) Shook, to say the least. So good. I read the first issue and I was like, what have I gotten myself into? Mm -hmm. Like, this is wild. We know um, you tweet it. I tweet everything that happens to me all day long. <laughs> gotcha. I am what's wrong with the world, okay? I understand. Oh, thank you. I'm glad it's the first step. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm glad that I have two hecklers on this podcast now. Oh, this would be great. I love it. I just log on once a week with my stupid thoughts about my stupid books and get made fun of. This is my life. That's what you get. How dare you? Exactly. Uh, I'm a martyr. But <laughs> I I guess, Alexis, do you want to explain a little bit the Last Avenger arc? Okay, yeah. So from my understanding, um, I feel like, do we want to be, do we want to be vague or? Spoil this ish. It's like oh. a year old. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Okay, I never know. I never know. Take this, Winnie Hut Juniors. <laughs> I was so happy it wasn't spoiled for me, and so now I'm going to ruin it for you. Uh, oh, through Alexis. Oh, he came in hot, bringing hate. Goodness. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, okay. So we kind of are just dropped right into the this arc with a fight between a very interesting looking uh, captain and also Thor, which I I kind of had to pause for a second. I was like, wait, am I reading the right one? Like, hold up. <laughs> this is a very drastic change all of a sudden. I might and add so... Daddy Thor. <laughs> um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shirtless, this is uh, short hair. Beefcake Thor. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Love to see it. And we see her, like, beat the living daylights out of him and then bring his head to some guy named Vox Supreme. I was like, what, the, what am I reading? What is this? What, have, what has happened? She literally brought Thor's head. Where's the rest of him? It was awful. It just totally, it was, it was good. They got me good. I'll say that. And we kind of see that Carol has been basically hunting the Avengers for this guy, Vox, and taking them prisoners and 
bringing them to him and it's terrifying. And um, we kind of see that she is, um, I might, I might have this un- misunderstood this, but is she like trapping them in an alternate universe and then bringing copies of their bodies? Is that what's happening? Yes. Um, okay. Anyway, the, okay. The alternate universe she was trapping them in is this pot, this living black hole. Her name is Singularity, and she pursued yes. the um the A four series from back in the old Secret Wars days, back when we had Battle World, and she was like this living black hole with the personality of a child, who is a really big She Hulk fan. She teamed up with the the um A four's Avengers for a while. And this is the first time we've seen her in a little bit. And that was the one place where Carol could take the Avengers where Vox Supreme couldn't track her and monitor her. Mm-hmm. So she just kind of used that as like a little safe house to say, hey, stay here. I got to pretend to kill you. Yeah. And, and then I have to bring your fake body to this guy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because kind of what you said, how he's tracking and monitoring her. We have seen a very different look on her, a new costume, a new mask. That's utterly the thing of my nightmares. <laughs> And it's his way of having complete control over her and he sees what she sees and it's mm-hmm. terrifying. It's He is completely in charge of her and making her hunt down all of her friends. And so we see her slowly picking off the Avengers kind of one by one. And I did want to highlight, I know, I know Anne tweeted it already and I did see it and it made me laugh again, but the part where, um, Black Panther, like laser guns her out of the sky and she's like, Oh, thanks. I needed that. <laughs> and just like rocks his shit. I was like, that's good. That was good. It's always fun to watch. Like, it's dark and it, it sucks that she had to do it, but it is a little fun to watch Carol just kind of rock everyone's shit. Yeah, exactly. Because she totally can and she, it doesn't take her long either. And it was I, I like, just great. I like that the only real threat was She-Hulk. Uh-huh. I also, mm-hmm. like, She-Hulk in this book made me want to read more She-Hulk comics. So yes. peek into the future. Next time it's a Dallas pick, there's a very real chance we'll be reading a She-Hulk book. I would not mind because that. I would love she that. She is strunk. She is strunk. strunk. <laughs> All right, oh. sorry to interrupt. Back to you, Alexis. No, you're okay. I'm kind of going off of that with the She-Hulk. I it made me want to crawl into a hole and just cry when she oh. like when mm-hmm. she paused and was like Carol and Carol was like no stop it and then oh she gosh. like drained all of her being out of her brain. I was like okay, that's frightening. This is fine. <laughs> fine yeah like what what a new power Woo! yeah that was and she goes hopefully this won't kill her like oh okay fingers crossed (laughs) whoopsies i hope (laughs) it's yeah this whole arc really hits because it's just the emotional beat of we've we've seen things before where it's like the the dark version of the hero comes and wipes out the marvel universe or wipes out the avengers Mm -hmm. and it's like always some alternate timeline or bad reality or bad earth you know it's mm-hmm. some dark multiverse shit, but this is actually Carol actually having to do these things because she's being forced to. And I think that's what really separates this from a lot of like hero goes bad arcs and that I really appreciated. And the fact that she doesn't want to do it makes it hurt even more. Cause you feel like she has no, she has no choice. She has no 
other options. She has to make her friends believe she is the worst person in the world. And that's so hard to watch. And it's off like it's a train wreck. You want it, you don't want to watch it, you don't want it to happen, but you can't look away because you have to know how it ends. And I think it's just this it was one of the smartest arcs in this whole series for that reason. It just is so emotional. Yeah. Like because they <laughs> don't know it's Carol. It like, I was so skeptical going in. I was like, I've read a thousand Hero Goes Dark mm-hmm. for a minute runs, you know? And I have to agree with Anne. This was, I, again, I am CEO of whatever I just read or watched is the best thing I've just read or watched. <laughs> you have to know that about me. That is just, hands down, take everything I say with a grain of salt. But this is one of the smartest versions of that trope I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. where I genuinely, after issue one, I had no idea where we were going with the rest of this arc. And every single arc doled out just enough information to keep me fascinated going into the next issue. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's so tense too. Like you get to, because the, the, the stakes keep going up. Like she fights Thor and that ends. And just the cliffhanger that, that ends on, you're like, holy shit, did she actually kill him? Yeah. And then, and then you get to the next one where she the one versus tony that one hurt me a lot because her and tony have always had like this difficult relationship but it's always been a very very loving relationship no matter what anyone who's read civil war 2 and nothing else will tell you it's always been a really really good and loving relationship so to see her actually crush his windpipe in space and rip his armor off that's hard to watch because at that point I don't think we really knew why she was doing it yet. We just knew that she was doing it, and that that was that was a lot. Exactly. <laughs> was... Exactly. I yeah. definitely like. I was not aware of their relationship, and mm-hmm. I think a really big strength of this run has been showing Carol and Tony be friends, and yeah. showing that like Tony is part of her supporting cast. That just little side note. I thought that was a really really fun bit mm-hmm. of the run. I think, though, the fight that, like, broke me was Captain America with Carol. Like, yeah, just the, that whole uh, that whole sequence, just, like, gigantic uwu eyes and heart mm-hmm. in my throat. Like, you're kidding me. This is the greatest thing I've ever read. Yeah. I'm going, I, in my notes, I say weep openly on podcast about Carol and Steve scene. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. I don't yeah. even want to talk about it. Because it's the quote unquote fight because Steve's just like you're wiping everyone out and she's like yep and he's like okay I trust you <laughs> do what you need to do right which is so great it's mm-hmm. so like a pitch perfect Steve scene and yeah. it just it was so nice it was so nice to see him trust Carol and you could see how much it meant to Carol I'm always a huge fan of like everyone in the Marvel Universe looking for Steve's approval Exactly. I think that's a, I think that's a fun trope, and so to see Carol get it was really satisfying. He's Daddy yeah. Steve. Let's be real. Yeah, and speaking of Daddy Steve, you know, <laughs> it would have been so easy for him to like, give that like talking down to moment. The like, okay, Dad's here. He's gonna talk, try to talk some sense into you moment. Like, how could you do this? You've disappointed me so much. But no, he, it's Steve Rogers. So of course he wouldn't do that. It's just. I, I trust you. We've been teammates. We've been friends forever. You've given me every reason to trust you. You've come so far. I have all the faith in the world in you. I'm throwing down my shield. Do what you need to do. And then that later leading into her getting to use the shield in a fight. 
Oh yeah. Marvelous. Oh. Marvelous. And see, seeing her hold Mjolnir and the shield at the same time was like straight Marvel crack, man. That's a that's I a flex. It. I <laughs> loved it. It's that good fan service, which you know, reading a lot of books, you start to notice like you get these like really, really big moments and a lot of like these moments where heroes just get to flex how strong they are, how powerful they are. And I don't see like it's not that often you get to see a female hero get to, you know, really show off what she does. Because yeah. if she does, there's a lot of times people will come out and say, like, oh, well, that's that's ridiculous. That's just the writer making them a Mary Sue or something. And it's just Carol flexes in the series. There's so many just pages and panels where she unleashes everything that she can do. And, you know, looking at her history, that's not even, like, half of her true power. Because <laughs> she used to be able to, like, warp stars back when she was binary. She could control gravity. <laughs> she is a heavy hitter. And I feel like we don't get to see that as often as we should. And that's a real strength of the series. Her going toe-to-toe with She-Hulk. Her going toe-to-toe with Hulk. I mean, with um, Thor. That's just... it was. It's so good to see. It just makes me happy inside. I'm a big fan of Super Saiyan Carol. Exactly. I like it. I like it. I, yeah. I don't know that I have that much more to say past just like this is that good good you know like it's so good it's such a fun comic book i'm my only complaint is that it took me so long to read it you know (laughs) and and i i'm excited to get caught up and yeah i hope that the quality continues past the lovely miss thompson Mm -hmm. um which which actually leads us pretty well into our one listener question this week <gasps> oh no uh, i love it uh, oh boy who is it i like that Anne said oh no because i knows. know who it's from I oh know. is it Ooh. Ooh. all right so okay. i'm ready <laughs> Anne's bff glenn writes in and says captain marvel questions I believe a true Captain Marvel fan would own oh, a copy oh. of Avenging Spider-Man 9. Carol's first printed appearance in the role. <laughs> what does the panel think? I will add that I own this comic. Oh my gosh. Okay, so listen here, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, Anne that... is president of this podcast now, and so no more Glenn questions. The no, end. More, no more Glenn questions. Just we have kidding. moved past Glenn questions. <laughs> Vito. I'm going to put Glenn into timeout for a couple weeks and not read his questions <laughs> until he's thought long and hard about what he Just did. Just put him in Twitter jail. Oh my gosh. For anyone who's, you know, hasn't been on, in on the joke before, Glenn and I have this running joke where he's a bigger Captain Marvel fan than I am because he owns her first appearance as Captain Marvel and I do not because. Which is I funny was... because. He definitely just owns it because he's a huge Spider-Man fan. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. He can't, like, hide from me. We can read him like a book. We know exactly why he has that comic. Exposed. Uh, exposed. Out in the open. He's going to have to deal with it. He's canceled after this. Hashtag Glenn <laughs> is canceled. Um, Glenn. They're like, what did he do? We're like, eh, it's not really what? important, is it? Does it? Do you need to know to cancel someone? Just do it. <laughs> it's, it's Tuesday. <laughs> We're bored. <laughs> Love I you, love Glenn. the devil since Mike has a random echo effect that ever happens every once in a while. And, and that was right there. that echoed. <laughs> love that. Oh. But yeah, I think you know, 
you just wake up on a Tuesday and you say, all right, I'm bored. I've got three options. I can talk about, I can defend Batman as a billionaire. No. I can talk about pirating comics. <laughs> or we can bring up Jeff Johns. What do I want to do? Oh, no. Those are the three options for a bored Tuesday afternoon. Gosh, pirate comics. Can't believe oh, you didn't bring up Superman's trunks. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's because that one's happening today. Not his little, his little red... They're not whitey tighties. They're ready tighty. Ready. Some <laughs> nothing rhymes. I mean, Lois is ready, but oh. all right. <laughs> so the rest of the Glenn question is: What writer would you like to see take over from Kelly Thompson? And, and I will point out that he who made Kelly Thompson see me spell her name wrong in this email <laughs> spelled it Cly Thompson, K L Y. Oh, so my God. Mm. So, Glenn, suck that, all right? <laughs> but who do we want to see take over after Kelly Thompson? And that's, no questions. That's a, that's a hard one. Um, I feel like a lot, of the, a lot of the women writers I like at Marvel right now are kind of preoccupied with X-Books, and I don't want to pull any of them away from that. We need them but, where uh, they are. <laughs> we need them exactly where they are. Um. I'm really thinking, you know, honestly, I really like what he did with her in the um, Avengers Man-Thing crossover. Steve Orlando wouldn't be bad. I think he could really It'd do her fun. some justice. Um, Magdalene Visaggio, I don't know what she's doing right now. I don't think she's done anything with Marvel yet, but no better time like the present, you know? Bring her in. She's a great underrated writer. I think she'd really be getting more gigs. Um, and, you know, she's she's kind of in hot water right now because of the way she had to rush that um, prodigy story to the conclusion, but I think Leah Tom Leah Williams would be interesting. And you know what would be really crazy? Let me throw something completely out of the out of left field, um, completely random. But I hope I say her last name right. It's N. K. Jemison, the um, ah. who just so finished, like, you know, Far so, Sector. So good. Yeah, you stole my answer. N. K. Jemison would be great. Oh, did I? Awesome. He's already... so good at that. That's just Remember... part of the freaking podcast at this point. He's the worst. <laughs> Stomping toes, destroying toes. That's what I do here. Uh, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, yeah, because the way she brought a new level of sci-fi to the DC cosmos, I would love to see her do something similar with Captain Marvel and the Marvel cosmos. And, you know, I'm sure she would do something really cool with Monica, too, which I think is... I, I like the Spectrum's been dancing in and out of this book, but I really want to see her find more of a home. And I feel like the closer we get to the Marvels premiering, I think we will start to see more and more Monica. So, yeah, I just, I think they'd be really great. Yeah, I, I think you really nailed it on the head. Again, I would echo N.K. Jemison would be so fun to see on mm -hmm. a Captain Marvel book. Um, I don't know what he's doing right now. I, but I've always loved Greg Rucka's work with Wonder Woman. Mm. I think he could be really fun. But honestly, I would much prefer any of the wonderful female writers you named mm -hmm. get Captain Marvel before we give it to another, another man as talented as he may be. I think something that has been very important for me this last year has been trying to see some representation behind the page instead of mm -hmm. just on the page, because I think it ends up meaning more long-term. I do and too. And so, yeah, I, I want to say NK Jemison from me. And if, 
anyone out there has not read Far Sector, it is a phenomenal book that you absolutely should check out. I'm sure it's going to get collected soon. And I, I mean, I already know it's probably what I'm going to get Alexis for her birthday. So, I mean, there you go, Alexis. I was going to say. You're probably going to get. Oh, you go. No booze. (laughs) You you get booze and Far Sector. Oh, it's um, gonna be great. Forgive me for not knowing, but have you guys touched on Far Sector on here yet? No, gonna... we have not yet. We've been waiting for it to end, or I have been waiting for it to end. See, I was gonna say we. There's no we, because me don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> so Alexis, basically, N.K. Jemisin, really famous sci-fi writer, mm-hmm. the only human to ever win the Hugo three times in a row. Oh, so that is that is pretty cool on her belt. But I love that. she invented a new Green Lantern mm-hmm. and put them out, put her, Joe Moline, out in like the farthest reaches of space I to solve that. a murder mystery. So like, <gasps> you love true crime. Yes. You will really like Far Sector. Mm-hmm. It is very, very good. Mm. Am I hearing an episode coming up? I think so. Yes. I wouldn't. I would not be sad. <laughs> I love that book. Perfect. Not to like get too far off topic but she has this voice that that reminds me so much of morrison because it's it's very sci-fi but it's also very otherworldly and fanciful at the same time it's like the perfect merger of sci-fi and fantasy it's just so uniquely weird it's an immediately she has an immediately recognizable voice and Mm -hmm. she does things that like you wouldn't anyone else would think to do like you can do anyone have anyone go out and make a a, a, a regular dime store sci-fi this isn't that this is something unique outside the box and i'm i'm, I'm very excited for you to read it i want to know what you think yes. well bring it on i think we should um also i will say after loving far sector i decided to pick up a little bit of her prose work mm-hmm. and she has a collection of short stories called how long till black future month where she just has like a series of kind of like Anne said, this weird mix of like sci-fi fantasy short stories that are amazing. So if you enjoyed Far Sector, I definitely would recommend that. I know none of us comic book fans can actually read. That's why we read comic (laughs) books. We're all illiterate. I'm just like gassed on. I'm like, there's no pictures in this. How do you read it? But there's this great app called Audible that will read it to you. <laughs> and we all already... I wish comics were on Audible. Are you kidding me? That'd make my life so much easier. How would you look at the pictures, dummy? You I don't need how to look the pictures. <laughs> yes, look, you I'll do, do need right the pictures. Now. I'm opening Captain Marvel number three. Hold on one second. Okay, okay. Valid. Okay, open Captain Marvel number three. Rosie the Riveter cover. <laughs> um, yes, okay. Correct. Everything has a cost. Jen is falling through the air. Zoom. It's called Acceptable Loss, Carol thinks. Jen, she screams out loud. She looks angie. There, see, we can do this. To jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> Straight it's to easier jail. said this than is... done. She's still falling. This oh, is panel three. <laughs> Zoom in. This is Super dramatic three. face. Eyes closed. Carol just says, no. Period. <laughs> All right, and so then, anyway, this has been boom. another episode. No. Oh. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're welcome. All right. I, yeah, proved, thank you for that. that. We don't need that anymore. Uh, it's just so, it's so fun when you two harass me and I'm the one that edits the podcast. Yep. Uh, That's going to be so fun. 
for everyone. I, who am I kidding? I do not, I do not want to spend the time to do that. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, my lovely co-hosts. Yes. I think this has been a pretty wonderful inaugural episode, I if do I too. do say so myself. I think that obviously it should be clear to everybody. Anne is going to bring a lot to this show. This has been something that I've been very excited about, and it's really fun to finally have it coming together. So there's nowhere to go from up. As Captain Marvel says, higher, further, faster from Bingo. this point on. Um, Ooh, tears. But to, to wrap up the show a little bit, we, I don't know if you noticed this, longtime listeners, we moved all of our shamelessly plugging ourselves to the end but but just so you don't exit out right now you already did so you're missing this we're also gonna read a couple of the really kind five-star reviews that were left for us over on apple podcast which meant a lot to me so i'm excited to read those after alexis pitches our socials All right. So if you guys liked our show and wanted to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective, or you can find each of us on our personals with Dallas underscore comics at Ann Comics and at Lexi Taylor underscore one, two, three. If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review and we will read it off on the show like these lovely folks. So we have from Mouth Dork. It says, five stars, a collective dream. This podcast is a pure awesome delight. Jump on over to their latest enthusiastic conversation regarding Tom Taylor and Suicide Squad to hear what I mean. The discussion is lively, entertaining, warm, and inviting. You feel like you're in the room with them. Stop reading this review. Click subscribe. You will not regret it. Oh, so Which sweet. Made my heart warm. And for anyone not familiar, Mouth Dork is Brad from the Comic Book Couple Counseling podcast, which is an excellent podcast. If you like psychology, relationships, self-help, and superheroes, I literally cannot pitch a podcast higher. It's my current obsession, and I'm working through their backlog right now. Um, And then we have a second review from Wawa's 14 which weirdly felt like meant a lot because I don't know who this person is. And so like, I know my friends like me. I like my friends, they're wonderful. But like this random person reaching out made my heart so warm. And I said, one of my new faves, always great listening to the crew and the great guests they have. Thank you for the content and keep up the good work. Thanks to you guys. I'm reading 52 and all new Wolverine. Which are both great books. So I'm very glad to have someone else reading those on our account. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you want to make us feel great about ourselves, if you want to rant and rave about what Anne has added to the show, please, again, go leave us a five-star review and we'll read it off on the show. It's also a great way to pitch books to us to review. It's true. If you put them in there, I'll have warm fuzzies about you and you might make it (laughs) onto the schedule. That sounds a little weird. That was a little weird. That was weird. I'm sorry for the way I am. (laughs) Just wait until we vote Dallas off the podcast. For real. (laughs) I'm going to just end up being like a silent editor and publisher. (laughs) That's just be you two on the podcast. Yep. 
President Anne and Vice President Alexis. Exactly. That's why we heckle you so much. We're trying to push you away. <laughs> push him into retirement. Just exactly. like everyone else in my life. <gasps> oh, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, just kidding. I'm a happy person. I'm All right, a happy Anne. person. <laughs> Anne, take it away. Finish up the script. Oh, Get us out of here. What's up? Oh. oh, my gosh. You, so much pressure. One second. One second. Okay. Um, yeah. Did, did we mention emailing us the questions? Um, we did not yet. <laughs> okay. Sorry. This is my first time doing it. Just making sure I'm reading this right. Okay. And finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments for the show at thecomicscollective at gmail.com. Let me know how much I just botched that. And yeah, that's... <laughs> That's all right. It happens. <laughs> That's the show. Jazz Ta-da. hands, everybody. <laughs> jazz hands. Jazz Here's hands. There's one more line on the script, Alexis. There's one more line on the script, Alexis. I know. I was waiting for you to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this has been perfect. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. 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 Oh my gosh. Thank you.